Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. What it do, baby? I'm Rodney. I'm Jamal. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vince. And I'm Jerry V. And we are on the construction. construction. All right. Uh, I feel like I'm sitting next to Don Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> well, today welcome. we have a very welcome. special guest, Mr. Jerry V from ESPN 730. Let's clap it up for him today. Yo, appreciate it. Appreciate the man, gentlemen. the myth, the legend. Thank you, gentlemen. Pleasure yep, to be appreciate here. Appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Spend a few hours with us. All right. Uh, we're going to jump into it. few hours. I'm booked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 let's see what happens. All right? let's I, see think, what happens. I, I think what's going to happen with some of the topics we're talking about today, I think we're going to be here for a few hours. We, we, got, we got some stuff but to talk about. We, we do have more donuts if you need them. There so, you go. You know. I knew this was a class operation when I walked <laughs> in and y'all dropped a dozen donuts on me. Oh, man. So I said, I'm in. All right. So we're going to jump into our segment, which we call Back to Back winning seasons why do we call it that fellas because we've never had one boom, 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 boom. Boom. I love, every week i love it. <laughs> every week. I never get tired of oh, it man. it's a joy uh, so cool. uh the panthers played a preseason game on thursday did they uh, yeah they, okay they did um they lost 10 to 3 to the new england patriots uh what were some of your bright spots <laughs> if we have any this week fellas uh jerry i'm gonna start with you um. <laughs> Yikes! I didn't see any. Yikes! I was concerned with the offensive line. Yeah. Um. You know what, fellas? People got to stop talking about Cam Newton's shoulder, and they got to start talking about how you protect the shoulder. Hello. Uh, because if if you can't pretend, and I'm I'm putting offensive line, I'm putting tight ends, I'm putting running backs, I'm putting the whole thing in there. Right. Forget the deflection of the shoulder thing. It's as if you know. Let's just talk shoulder shoulder because they didn't want you looking at the offensive line. Yeah. And that's a big story. It's yeah. got to gel and make it happen. You guys know that, you mm-hmm. football right. fans. You got to protect the best, the most valuable product on your team in Cam Newton. And if you can't, you know, I'm telling those people in in the meeting, fellas, if you can't protect him. Who's going to protect you when you're job hunting? Yep. You know, yep. so that that that's the essence of the whole thing for me as yep. far as the Panthers. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm looking at against the Rams, and you know the Rams Aaron were Donald, top. They were man. top five in the NFL last year in pressures on the quarterback. Yeah. I am scared. so that in itself. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid. And yeah. uh, Rodney, hey, be very afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> yes, sir. And Rodney, as far as any bright spots, man. This is the second week in a row. I'm just like, throw the whole game away, man. It's it's, it's, it's the second week in a row. I'm just like, what the hell are we going to talk about with this game? Because their yeah. bright spots were few and far in between, man. And, and the only bright spot I can kind of just – Brian Burns, uh, maybe? Maybe Brian Burns. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe actually Will Greer a little bit, man. I, that, I Look, man, man, I mean, we're reaching We're reaching at the bottom you, of the you barrel. You don't you know, have a shoulder when, injury? I have to look, man. We're reaching at when the bottom of the barrel, When you start reaching and you try to manufacture a story and a topic, you're reaching <laughs> really deep. Yes. And I'm not a preseason guy. Yeah. Right, right, right. I've been a, I, I just covered so many seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm not a preseason guy. That's for the coaches. I'm a real Sunday guy. Now mm-hmm. Monday, Thursday, but you get my drift on that. I'm a Sunday guy to find out what happens when I open against the Rams. But let me tell you, the first five games of the season, you be, I'm assuming coaches, at times coaches like when they're screw-ups. Right. Yeah. Because when they walk into the tape room and you're looking at film, they, they know they something. got the whole team's attention. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. statistics accuse you, the game tape will convict you. 
Mm. And all he's got to do is turn the game tape on and they see it. There better be progression from week one through five on that offensive yes, line. Yes. And I got the feeling between now and the Ram game and week two, you're going to see the improvement of the offensive line because they know they're accountable. Right. If yeah, they don't, yeah. you know, people keep talking about the second half of the season, how tough it is. You got to get that progression the first four or five weeks of the other parts of it or the second half of the season. Loses its significance. We, we, I think we need to at least start four and one. And our schedule does us no favors the first four or five all, weeks. And yeah. and and to get back to what Rodney was asking, a very generic question, a very generic answer. I think uh, as far as positive would be simply the score, <laughs> because because if 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 you didn't watch the game and you see that they lost ten to three, you would say, oh, that was a good competitive game. But the score was nowhere near indicative of, of the, the game, game that was actually game played. They got manhandled. Carolina looked like they were still in Spartanburg. And I don't know who who those guys were that, that, that suited up Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, college football season is back. And Miami's offense, look, if you took Miami's offense and put them in Carolina Panthers uniforms, I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference because Williams was running around for his. Somebody life better life check life. under that table. Look at that Mad Dog Twenty Ten. <laughs> <laughs> look, hey, look, I was watching. I was watching the Florida game, the Florida versus Miami game Saturday night last night. Depending on when you listen to this, and it looked exactly, exactly like, like the Panthers. Office, it it really looked exact. Cam Newton running for his life. The 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 key, and, and I know this is a Panthers podcast and we're talking college football now, but there was one play where Williams took a three step drop, a three step drop, and as soon as he put that plant foot down to look upfield, there were two linebackers in his face, and 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 that's what I saw this past Thursday from Carolina. So it, it's it's just it, it was just, it was ugly. It was ugly. Um, what I'm afraid, and, and this is just kind of uh, an observation more than it is any kind of fact, but I, I kind of believe, and just going off what the players are saying, what Ron Rivera said, it looks like the players are like, well, you know, we'll turn it on when the regular season starts. And that's just never a good sign to me. Like, And I, here's why it's not a good sign. My bad for cutting you off. The Panthers started out 6-2 and two last season. When they started losing those games, because we, um, we all watched the Amazon uh, documentary mm-hmm. from week to week, We'll turn it up. We're going to be all right. We'll be We're all right. We're going to be okay. It's We're just be one loss. Right. And then we saw what happened. Yeah. Snowball effect. And because, you know, normally the 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 the, uh, the generic answer is, well, it's just preseason. It's just preseason. But, I'm you, you know, you, you do play how you practice, so to speak. And preseason is nothing but an extended practice in my opinion. So, day, so let, let me ask you guys a question. It's alarming to me. Let me ask you guys a question. Should Cam have played and ultimately does preseason matter? Should we just get rid of it? Uh, Jerry, I'm sorry off with you. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It matters to the coach. Different mm-hmm. coaches have different philosophy. Belichick says you're getting ready to play football, you play football. Mm-hmm. If the coach believes it, fine. The coach understands there's possible consequences by exposing your guy in the preseason game. Yeah. Everybody's got different philosophy. So I don't hold that against him. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do to win because at the end, they're going to get you anyway if you're losing. That is oh, true. I mean, right. there's blind loyalty from the fan base. And if he wants to do it, you do it. McVeigh with the Rams doesn't believe in it. They got to the Super Bowl. So individual philosophies with it all. Okay. It's it's tough for me to say Cam shouldn't have played when you got the greatest of all time playing, a forty two year old quarterback played in the same game. Like 
theoretically, I get it. He's coming off shoulder surgeries and he's been banged up. The offensive line has question marks. So I get why people say maybe Cam shouldn't have played. But at the same time, you're talking about a guy who maybe needs live game reps. He hasn't played real football in how long. So it's tough for me to say whether he shouldn't have played or not because I would have rather see can play at least a half and not get injured and every and everything's fine. But we see what happened. Yeah. It, it it caused a big stir really for nothing because it's just an ankle sprain. But and and I know a lot of people have been leaning on Tom Brady with this question as far as whether or not Cam Newton should play. I don't think it's fair to say well Tom Brady is forty something years old and he's out there playing. Tom Brady has something that Cam Newton doesn't. <laughs> well, he has a couple and that's games. an offensive line. Okay. <laughs> Tom Bra- I, I think Tom Brady had one rush in the game and he got like five or five six yards, yards or whatnot. Down, yeah. But Tom Brady can take a a one, seven, fifteen still drive. He doesn't have to worry about getting touched. <laughs> you notice guys getting upset about Cam Newton playing as an afterthought. Because yeah. everybody was talking before the game about the anticipation of seeing him play. Right. And then when he sprained the foot, well, he shouldn't have played. It's up to the, co- it's up to the coach's philosophy. Because you're the yeah. guy that's held accountable for all the business you got to take care of. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and maybe, too, when that offensive line. Here's what disappointed me. The offensive line, your tight ends and your running backs, they got a you know, chip block, whatever. They knew Cam Newton was lined up behind center. So you would think the offensive line was going to come and do a much better job right, saying right. we're exposing him for the first time. That compounds the problem I had with the yeah. offensive line. I got Cam Newton behind me, and I failed him. That's not a good sign. Right. Not, yeah. It should right. be, yeah. hey, our guy's back here. we got to yeah. look out for him. Yeah. And they didn't do yeah. it. That, to me, was a bigger story especially when, than the Cam thing. Especially when the team invested so much in the offensive line in the offseason. They, they drafted Greg Lowe. They, they paid Matt Paradise. And it doesn't seem to be paying off now. But, I mean, it's I guess we'll have to wait and see. And that. So. Yeah. You got wrists up there, too, because Paradise took the back surgery. Yeah, right. You know, I right. mean, there's some yeah. things to look. But I'm, I'm hoping for the best. There should be a playoff team and what have you. I just think it's hilarious <laughs> when you got people coming up now on different shows going, well, Cam shouldn't have played. <laughs> Most of those guys going, I can't wait to see Cam. <laughs> she going to have that? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know. yeah. Well, I, 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 I was a little anxious to see Cam, but I was willing to wait week one. I wanted to see if he'd yeah. throw one down the field. Yeah. 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 Well, he, he didn't get a chance. He, he, take he, can't, he can't take a three-cell job. And, and, and while, while we're at it, here's another big concern I have. Why can our receivers get open? I, this Am I the only one who, who saw that? <laughs> see, Why can't our receivers get open With still? all of the issues that we're highlighting You only had right to cover now. them for a short period of time. Three seconds. Hey, with, with all the point. issues that we're yeah. bringing and, up. And then the other thing, too, uh, when you got different receivers and all coming, you got to know when to break off the route. Yeah. You turn in and look and see, uh-oh, my quarterback's pressure. What's my next him. move? Break what? off my route, stay with the route, depends on the experience of the receiver. Well, if That's we look point, solely though. at the Patriots game, they weren't able to do that because the, the D-line was back there so quick, they were still in their sprint before they got to their break. <laughs> so my whole thing is with the receivers not being able to get open, with the linemen not being able to block, those are more reasons why Cam Newton shouldn't be playing anyway. Put one of your backups in there and let's work on these blocking schemes and let's, let's concentrate on the receivers. So all in all, we're saying the Panthers' offense was pretty dysfunctional. That's what it is. For now. We'll see what happens against the Rams. And, and, you know, the offense usually has to catch up to the defense in these preseason. So so recently Ron Rivera came out and said that he was comfortable with the backup quarterback situation. They're just going to play it out. 
let those guys get better week by week. How do you guys feel about that, Vince? I'm starting out with you. Um, I, I think he's just saying what what needs to be said to keep to keep everything to a minimum. Are they look? Do I believe that they're looking at other quarterbacks right now? No, I don't. I don't think so. But I think what's going to happen. I don't think Cam Newton will play uh, week four of the no, NFL. No. He's not going to play, and they're going to look at uh, these three quarterbacks next week very, very closely. And depending on how they do next week, I think that will dictate whether or not they start looking at other quarterbacks. Um, Vince kind of stole my thunder. I, I agree. I don't think we're looking at anybody. Um, as far as should we get another backup QB, I mean, depth-wise, I mean, we already have three we're looking at. So yeah. bringing in another one adds, brings four. So it's I, I, it's a situation where I, I don't know where the where the Panthers go with this because, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but the, the theme for this for this segment has been the offensive line. Until you yeah. fix that, then, then what's the point of going out and getting another quarterback? So What do you got, Jerry? What do you got? Just praying, huh? Just praying. Hail, Hail Mary, huh? It says it all right there. Just Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Just a Hail Mary. They are looking. You think so? You yep. think they're looking? Yep. You always look. Never stop looking. Just to be safe. You got to practice crisis management. And if they now, come out of week four and they're looking at the progressions between now and that fourth game, you know, when, when the coaches go to bed at night, are they tossing and turning or are they sleeping well? If they're not sleeping well, you're always looking. You're always looking just to be safe. Doesn't mean they do anything, but you never stop looking. And if there's an opportunity where you can improve yourself somewhere, you got to do it. Gentlemen, um, and I mean that, gentlemen, um, you got to make the playoffs this year. Oh, no. Yeah. no it's, man, if, if you got to make. Are you alluding you, to something by saying that? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that if you don't make the playoffs this year, you'd be talking about what do you think of the new coaching staff? <laughs> <laughs> the new general manager. You, you can't be afraid. You can't coddle. It is what it is. Except for didn't spend a couple of billion dollars on a team that hasn't had back to back winning seasons, ever. and you're going to miss it again. I think they'll get in this year. I think that they're going to be a playoff team. But at this point forward, you got to keep looking. I, I have a hot take. I'm not a Ron Rivera fan. I think he's an average coach at best. And you subtract that 15 in one season, he's just been slightly they're 500. above 500. They're 500 since yeah. the 15 in one season. Yeah. And I, I'll say that, um, you know, barring any serious injury problems like we had last year, like there's really no excuse, man. Like on paper, because that's been a common theme amongst the Panthers players and on paper, they're fine, and they should be a playoff team, and they should be contending for a title. So that makes it even more critical if they don't make the playoffs because you don't have you don't have a lack of talent to hide behind. When so. you say title, you say NFC South or Super Bowl. I'm Super Bowl. I think. Lord, take the no. Uh, man, look, I'm I, it, man. baby steps, man. I, he I, gave I, me a setup. We, 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 we got to get this NFC South title first, man. I, that's what I'm concerned with now. I man. mean, no, I, I totally agree, man. But again, the point I'm I, the point I'm making is they've been talking very big this offseason. So it, it's Ron. I think it's Lala time now. Everybody's talking big. Yeah. Everybody's Everyone happy. stays relatively injury free. Um, I think it is Super Bowl or bust this way. Really? I think it's Super Bowl or bust. I believe because it. Because even with Cam Newton being hurt last year, we've said this a few times on the on the podcast already, even with Cam being hurt last year, statistically speaking, he performed better than he did How? during his MVP season. Statistically speaking. Percentages? Complete, percentages? Completion percentages, but he had one of the lowest ratios of throwing a ball more than 10 yards. 
If you can't throw the vertical game 20 plus, you're not right winning now. the Super Bowl. That's true. So, so, they were so winning. while I credit Norv Turner for reinventing himself mm-hmm. and, and enhancing parts of the positive aspects of Cam's game, if you can't go vertical and at times test people, defense is going to key up on you. That so that, that 60 plus percentage completion, Fools while go. good, you got to peel it back a little bit because there's a story behind the story. Right. And, you know, and that with defenses can load it up. That back end of the defense didn't have to worry so too who's much. So who's going too deep this year? Well, it's going to be either uh, Moore. It's going to be Samuel. You think you they're know? ready to take that step? Well, they, they got no too? choice. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready no, to take the step? No, no. no. Okay, we're not going to call. No, it no. Because what I, the, the <laughs> reason son, why I say that, be ready to take that I, step. The reason why I say is because even though they focused more so on the short game last season. They were still winning until the injury became apparent. Because he couldn't still... challenge the defense. It was all short game. It was, and what, it was, it what, was... hap- what happens when you go to second half of the season? Teams got all this game tape on you. Yeah, right, they right. see tendencies, limitations. But, and if, he's, but if he's healthy, he now has something that he couldn't do last year. So that that's what I'm getting. He could do what he did last year, still win, in addition to what he couldn't do last year. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. He I was so. limit. He was limited in what he could do. And they were still putting up wins until he just got to the point to where the, the injury was too. Oh, he, they looked good when they yeah. started the season. Yeah. But then when the limitation game and, yeah, and that's, yeah. you get to the second half of the season, people accumulate all that evidence yeah, yeah. on you and they yeah. make it happen. Yeah. It's like when you're dating. After like that third or fourth date, she <laughs> goes, man, you got a lame rap. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep adding to your game. Does that work? <laughs> Give me here. Give me a little bit long. Oh, <laughs> I got a new surprise for you this week, baby. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. So, uh, so last night, it's shocking news. Uh, the the uh, Indianapolis Colts ran out of luck. Uh, Andrew Andrew Luck retired uh, abruptly, uh, citing his injuries and in, in just the mental health aspect of it. Uh, Jamal, how do you feel about uh, his career and uh, and, and just the, uh, the the breaking news? Um, this is probably. Some of the most shocking NFL news I've probably ever heard in, in my relatively short time of watching sports. I mean, it, when, when that ticker came across the screen, I, I I had to make sure I was like, look, I had to wipe my eyes and like, what did I just see? <laughs> Andrew Luck retired. You put the drink down. I put the drink down. And it was a good one, too. Um, And I, remember the last couple of weeks I've told y'all about various topics that optics are everything. Yeah. The way things look. Are maybe not how they seem, and I start thinking about it because somebody posted, "Well, you know, Andrew Luck's dad is like the head of the XFL stuff." So as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Nah, nah. the timing is weird." And then on top of that, he retired in the middle of the game. I, that I, I don't think know. he well, already informed him. Well, 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 whatever well. it was, Vince, whatever if he if he informed him and you know before the game started, the timing was just flat out. Weird, dude. Well, so what, what, what I heard happen was Schefter was leaked the information, and it, it was it was supposed to be an announcement today. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And so gotcha. it leaked, and it just and, and, and that everywhere. and that scene where he's leaving yeah. the field, man. That and they boot him, and they boot yeah, him, man. Yeah, that yeah. was classless. That was yeah, absolutely classless. classless yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Well, and 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 getting back to Adam Schefter, that was a tweet that I saw that Andrew Luck can't retire from the NFL. 
when I saw that tweet, I went and I looked at his profile to, to make sure, sure it, was right it wasn't one. a troll right. account right. because I was I was beyond shocked when I saw that. Um, but as far as the news itself, it, it sucks. You know, I've yeah. I've been a staunch critic of Andrew Luck his entire career. I do believe he's he's overrated. Um, everyone has made excuses for him. It's always been everybody's fault except Andrew Luck when the coach haven't haven't progressed the way they should. But you never want to see a player go out like this. You never want to, mm-hmm. and, and, and I refuse to jump on the, cel- the celebratory bandwagon that a lot of other people have jumped on in, in, in celebrating him retiring. Yes, this ends the, the Cam Newton, Andrew Luck debate, um, you know, and all that good stuff. But it sucks. I, I never want to see somebody yeah. leave the game this way. But – how is he really leaving the game? That's my that's my question because you know he cited mental burnout, mental fatigue, and all this stuff, which may be true. I I don't want to call. I believe. I believe. I believe. He he about two or three seasons ago, he only played seven games due to injury, and then two seasons ago, he that missed out. he missed the entire season. So imagine missing an entire season, coming back. Winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year, and it was actually shaping up that he was probably going to miss this season again. That that takes a lot. Uh, that takes a lot of uh, turmoil on the player's mental. And given his overall career, he only played 86 out of a possible 112 games or something like that. Yeah, lacerated kidney. Uh huh. Had the the leg, has a lower foot, has the shoulder, the hip. Missed the season. Had the hip. Had an offensive line where you got to run like hell to save your own life. Yeah. I don't think he's overrated. I disagree with you there. Okay, okay? this is a multi-pro bowler. Um, when I think Andrew Luck wants to retire. First of all, the fans booing, it's a lesson for anybody in the media. You know That's why I never worry about what fans say. Because mm. they're going to turn on you anyway one day. Right. If they don't right. agree yeah. with you. Okay, right. they're, 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 Fans have the memory of a gnat. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> they don't remember. Maybe. Hear that, Charlotte on the Y'all hear me? <laughs> You're right. Maybe. Maybe. When people that are jamming him up, mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, maybe he solved the riddle. Mm. Because what does everybody want to do? You want to leave something or do something under your terms that makes you happy. And yeah. nobody yeah. knows what's going on with you mentally and physically but you. So maybe Andrew Luck was wise and said, I want to be with my family and my wife. I got my senses. I still have my body. I'm still young enough. I could parlay this money into something else because he'd probably be a good analyst, I would think. So these fans booing Luck. Yeah, that's crazy. Very selfish, very stupid, and very very moronic. He, He may have solved the riddle every man and woman is seeking to solve. The riddle of my path. I'll travel it when I need to and want to, mm-hmm. and I've selected this path. Who cares about the timing? Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. Totally it's agree. your timing, I not your It's their yep. timing. So I wish him the very best. I was saddened because I was Me out too. on a dinner date last night, and, and the woman I was with was going, Man, baby, I want to thank you for taking me out tonight. And I said, girl, will you hold on? Andrew Luck just retired. <laughs> Can you give me a minute, please? What's you need some time. Andrew Let me digest Luck. this, Andrew baby. Andrew Luck retired. You're talking Forget what you're talking stuff. about right now. Oh, man, back off and eat Man. your food. <laughs> hey, real quick. Hey, I got a page full of stats about Andrew Luck right now. I want to... I wanna, I want to throw you guys out the first nine selections of the 2012 NFL draft. Ooh. And don't, 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 I'm going to ask you guys not to interrupt, 
But as I say these names, feel free to respond with this stupid. I'm in So here are the first nine picks of the 2012 NFL Draft. Andrew Luck, RG3, Trent Richardson, mm. Matt Khalil, mm. Justin Blackman, Morris Claiborne, Mark Barron, Ryan Tannehill, Luke Keekley. Wow. 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 So, see, so you're just going by number. You got to look by need. All I did was just take the ones that, that were drafted. Well, what's just the point of the ranking? To, to highlight where everyone is. No, no, that's not the ranking. That's the order they I were don't drafted. Know what, what's the point? Just, just to highlight how that 2012 draft has, has played out. And then, and, and then oh, as far as where they are now. Yeah, yeah. where they are. Yeah, yeah, just where and, they and are then, now. And then, if you look at, and then you look at later on in the draft, Kirk Cousins that year. Yep, so, yep. Fourth round. Yep. And, and Russell Wilson third round, and it's it's just it's just crazy to look. So so so, and then, and then on top of that, the biggest caveat of all the history of the NFL, where Tom Brady went, yeah, yeah six round, exactly. Man. exactly. So everybody keeps saying that Belichick was lucky. No, Belichick wasn't lucky. Was Belichick was smart enough to take what the other people couldn't see. Yep. The point flyer. being, the draft is all a crapshoot. It's shoot. a crapshoot. It's, yeah. all it's all the crap. Have I heard that before? Have we heard that before? Have we heard that before? Have we heard that before? Right there, that's the man. The crap shoot. Truth to power. Some people have said that the draft. Wow. I yeah. Figure I've heard that before. That's crazy. That's crazy. But yo, you know, just just to reiterate, it sucks. I really do hate that he had to do that. I'm happy he was able to do it on his own terms. Yeah. And whatever he does decide to do in the second half of his life after football, you know, I, I wish him success. I All right, so here, here's a question that has, has to be asked. I'm going to be that guy today. Be that oh, guy. Be that guy. So what if it was Cam? What? Oh, it would be crazy. Cam retired? What if Cam would be crazy yesterday? What, 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 two what weeks would, before the season? What would the narrative be like? I'm, I want to ask your opinion on that because I definitely have my thoughts on what it there'd would be. be. That'd be the 50 50 rule. There'd be some people that are saying they were sad to see him go. Why is he doing it? What's going on? And there'd be other groups going, hey, I'm glad he's gone. We need a quarterback. He was overrated. That's mm. the sports world. You know that. It would, I think it would be staunchly different. Generally speaking, it's from the media standpoint, because I really haven't seen too much media uh, criticizing. There's, there's been a few personalities, but I think what you see now, if you flip the percentages. Criticize think, what? Uh, Andrew Luck leaving or wow. retiring, so to speak. And a few, uh, what, what was the guy's name we saw this morning? Uh, Doug uh, no, Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Yeah, oh, he he, he took an unnecessary shot. He he basically said that Andrew Luck uh, quitting right now was the most millennial thing you can do. And yeah, uh, but you know, fellas, understand this: there's so much competition in the media with podcasts and yeah, shows agreed. and all. We got. I learned this. There's clickbait in politics and news. Mm -hmm. There's competition for people to get attention to their product. So there's always going to be some guys going to take an extreme, make an opinion that that contradicts what others are saying Jason, so they can bring attention to themselves, okay? Some guys are blowing smoke, some are sincere. Be true to your own opinion about yeah, it. Who the hell cares what Gottlieb says? Yeah. You know, or oh, whatever. You just do, you you know, you, let me repeat that. Who the hell cares what Gottlieb says? <laughs> just... Please repeat that again. You know, he solved his own <laughs> riddle. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what guys do. So This is the same guy that said that we should have drafted a guy that's not in the league over Kimball Walker. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. So. I just want but everybody that. makes the mistakes. But my point being, 
how do you draw attention to a product? Some guys are very sincere and truthful. Some guys may want to sensationalize at times. Yeah, and I think that's what happened with him. And yeah. uh, one of the Panthers players, uh, I want to say Torrey Smith, he, uh, he, he definitely responded in kind to it. Just that's have some respect for a guy who wants to determine his own path and yeah, his own yeah, life, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. By the way, y'all at home watching this podcast wondering, how do I keep my skin so smooth looking? <laughs> Because the V-Man uses Dove soap. Dove. Okay, y'all go ahead. Hey, we got to get Dove to pay us first. But, you know. <laughs> we need a bar of soap right here. Dove. <laughs> Jerry V uses it. <laughs> Skin so soft. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go to our segment, which we call the 10th uh, pick. Yeah, but. Because it's mediocre like our Hornets. <laughs> All right. Uh, mediocre. Might, <laughs> bad. You, you might have to get a tetanus shot to watch them play. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, man, God. man y'all have a sense of humor. Oh, <laughs> you got to laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> Definitely. So, Rod Boone of The Athletic uh, reported that Charlotte didn't uh, didn't go through with the trade with Marcus All uh, in the uh, Memphis Grizzlies because Mark wouldn't commit to the extra year in Charlotte. So, how do you guys feel knowing that we didn't pull the trigger on that trade? Um... I kind of feel better than I thought I would feel about that. And because, let, let me explain why. I, I've been consistent in, in, in saying that, you know, with the Kim Walker situation, how that worked out, with everything that has played out and, and that has got us to this point, there had to be some point where something drastically changed with the Hornets. Because mm -hmm. it's three seasons of the same thing, of, of almost exactly the same thing every single season. Something had to give, man. So what I'm getting at, if the Hornets felt like they were going to give up too much for Mark Gasol, who wasn't going to commit to the team, then sometimes the best trades are the ones you don't make. Yeah. And I know that trade maybe was probably a domino effect that led to Kim Walker uh, having one foot out the door because word has it he was pretty upset about that trade not being, not being made. But even with that being said, man, there has to be some type of direction that yeah. the Hornets had to take. And all, with all the collateral damage that has happened to the Hornets, there is at least a direction. We know we're going to stink next year. Maybe we need to stink next year. Five years. Something, whatever. <laughs> but the whole point I'm trying to make is something had to give. You add a Mark Gasol to this team, what does it really do? You get what I'm saying? A nice seven seed, uh, one seven, win, one seven, win maybe. You, you get what I'm saying? So you had a Marcus Gasol, and you you possibly give up Miles Bridges and one of the young assets that we actually like. You get what I'm saying? What does it really do for the Hornets? And I've said this constantly. I want the Hornets to get to some kind of point where it makes it possible to have a sustainable future. Mark Gasol trade doesn't do that. So I'm got you. I'm I'm just happy that worked out. Honestly. Jerry. I don't have to add to that. I don't have to add to that. I agree with him. Okay. Um, pretty much, I was pretty indifferent to it. Um, when when the news broke during the season, uh, the narrative was that Memphis and Charlotte could not agree on the conditions of the, uh, I think it was the first round pick, right. that were being discussed in trade. And that ultimately was the reason that the deal fell through. So um, if you go and look at the Toronto-Memphis trade, uh, Toronto gave up Valachunas, uh, Dellen Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second-round draft pick, mm -hmm. which for Mark Gasol really wasn't that much. Not That's much. not well, much. Well, Gasol have made the team better. Well, Gasol forced you to give up a young commodity you got no. now to develop. No. So no. where's the team going? I'm not giving up young, developing talent for future 
for Gasol, who really didn't want to be here because he knew it was going to be a non-factor scenario for the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So right. why do that? I mean, there's certain meetings. There's certain parties. meetings take yeah. two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got Miles Bridges. Give. I got to give because. You're going to move a Miles Bridges you just drafted again with yeah. the past history in the right. draft? you right. got to have some evidence to the fan base that, yeah, yeah, we, we got a good one here. Right. Because look at the past history of the draft. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, I was waiting for my phone to ring on the show and saying, I think the Hornets should bring back Adam Morris. <laughs> Man's got quicks and ups. Hey, Give man, us that look. athletic speed in the open floor. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, yes, sir. I've, I've heard people want... Dwight Howard back. <laughs> so that's not too far. I'll fetched. throw that. And we should bring back Dwight Howard. <sighs> yeah, Dwight Howard is so reliable. The Lakers got him on a deal that they could cut him before Anytime. January with a warning <laughs> don't come and disrupt my locker room with no harmony or you're gone. And you want to bring Dwight Howard, not you, but. I gotta go lay down now. <laughs> People want to bring back it Dwight Howard. Too, so what did you let, let's 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 get away from the Hornets for a few? What did you think about that 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 whole situation with LA picking up Dwight Howard? I mean, they need a big, uh-huh. yeah. and they need a big just a body that's in there to back people off, so you can uh, to to rest people because Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. No, he doesn't. So you bring him in on a make good. I thought they might bring in uh, Noah, but they didn't. Um, it's a deal where the Lakers can let him go. At any point. You know? and, and he's not going to change. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, guys, th- you, you can't ignore trends on talent. On, on talent. You know, yeah. after two and three years, it is what it is. He's going to be under some healthy peer pressure, though, though, because LeBron James isn't going to let him mess around. So he'll slap him upside the head. I think he'll be a little bit better. He's got no choice. He better be. (laughs) His legacy is going to be, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, right. Was it five teams in six years? Five, six, six teams in six years. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think his time in L.A. will be as contentious as his first one. And by Dwight wanting to go to L.A., I think this kind of strengthens the narrative of those who believe that people would rather play with LeBron as opposed to Kobe. Cause we all know huh? that we all know. Yeah, we all know that no, that the white did not have. I'm just saying. See, we, we, we know the back same page. That we not on the same page. We're not on the same page. Cause, cause, cause Kobe is that Kobe, vodka or water? <laughs> it's water, y'all. It's water, y'all. But hey, Kobe and the white did not get along. They did, and, and it was painfully obvious. The white doesn't get along with anybody. Wait a minute. How can you compare Kobe and Dwight? No. Hey, Kobe, let me tell you something. You don't get along with Dwight, we're going to trade you behind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It caused problems on the court that I don't see well, how many pre- Wait, how many teams has Dwight Howard been on? What I, is Dwight I, Howard, the I happy understand. man? <laughs> I understand. I understand. He didn't get along with uh, uh, James Harden either. <laughs> no, he got along with James Harden. It was, the end it, was, it, was, it was Dwight and Harden who didn't get along with the rest of the team. Dwight Howard would get like 30 seconds airtime on the Jerry V show. <laughs> Hey, I'm hey. just saying. Hey, oh, I, I you're giving Dwight Howard a novel here. What you, I'm, I'm, not I'm surprised. Biggest, I'm, I'm surprised. Not the biggest I'm surprised you don't want to play Dwight Howard in the movie. Oh man! <laughs> like, and he see this, and this this is man wants to be opposite. Dwight. <laughs> this is complete opposite of how I've always man. treated Dwight as far as as far as criticizing. you're Frankie now. People get ready. I, There's done. a Dwight train coming. I, what's the next topic? Oh man, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. You're done. You're done. I'm done. You're done. I got nothing. All right, is it? I got, I got nothing. 
either. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week, Ramona Shelburne. Uh, I'm going to talk more Dwight. No. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll pass. <laughs> Ramona Shelburne of ESPN uh, released a uh, ESPN, 7, ESPN 30 for 30 documentary uh, featuring uh, the Donald Sterling situation. Uh, Vince, I'm start out with you, oh, man. Oh, man. What? Me and you have a connection with this. Well, look, what did listen. you think? Well, first no, of all, wait, wait. if you're going to come and tell me Sterling got a bad deal, <laughs> I'm up out of here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should allow you to talk about those guys we were talking about before we started recording. <laughs> 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 that, would, that would make for an excellent show. <laughs> Man, sorry, guys. That's that a, that's a late joke, night. <laughs> well, well, I, well I, I'll start out giving my opinion. Well, I, I, I don't have a problem answering. Okay, cool, uh, cool. First off, I, I, I think on behalf of the show, I think we need to send some sort of apology because there is so much to digest here. I don't think 15 minutes or 20 minutes can do this justice. It was it was it was that heavy. Yeah, it, was, it was it was it was that heavy. And I I actually listened to it twice. Mm. You know, I listened to it the first time, I think on Fridays when we talked about it. Yeah. And then I listened to it again this morning just to kind of refresh my mind to make sure I had my talking points. And I'm just blown away. I'm 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 not gonna go into details. I don't want to start this off. I'm gonna let Rodney go. go. But what you think, Rodney? The level of what he was able to get away with for two plus decades for two plus decades in the NBA is sickening. Like it, it, it in my mind, I'm like, man, like if if, if uh, Adam Silver was the was the uh, commissioner. the commissioner now. I mean, back then. How would this have been different? Like, would Charlotte still have his team? <laughs> the original team? Would, would Donald sort of been out a long time ago? I mean, just, just the level of incompetence was just crazy. And then, like, I lost what it. I mean, Charlotte would have had the team. What is like, it? I'm thinking because George Shin went through that trial. Oh, yeah, the national thing. The yeah. national trial, like, when he, got, yep, when he got stripped of the team. And basically, I'm just, I'm just at a loss for words. I'm like... I lost it when he when he called Odin Polonese a buck in the yeah. locker room. I was like, Silver? Yo. I mean, not Silver. Uh, uh, Sterling. 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 He called him a buck. I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. This is crazy. And then, like, it, it, was, it was just fascinating as well, like, how he helped uh, Dr. Jerry Buss get the Lakers. I was like, he's just tied in in so many ways with the NBA. And, like, just to have open civil rights lawsuits in the NBA is just is, is, is nauseating. And, and it goes back to the thing with uh, uh, Chris Jackson. Uh, I, I forgot his, his change name. Mock Model Roof. A Roof. Yeah. It's just like when he did that whole thing, he's blackballed. And it's just like yeah, the up? NBA culture is just it's just shifted so much in our lifetimes, man. It's it's just mind blowing to me. Um, to to kind of echo what you're saying, it it shows like the the tail of I mean the the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to Donald Sterling and when it comes I'm sorry when it comes to. Uh, David Stern when it comes to Adam Silver. Uh, the the level of enabling when it comes to Donald Sterling is just astounding. Mm-hmm. And it, it was everyone from um, from David Stern to his wife to the players they, to, they, to the other owners to all the people, all the yes men that Donald Sterling surrounded himself with. Yeah, And it just goes to show you that 
you know, money and power is such a... Didn't Elgin Baylor work for him? Elgin Baylor worked for him yeah. for decades. Underpaid. Underpaid all those years and never said a word until he finally got fired, which is interesting, but we I won't go into that. <laughs> but all everybody who... I, I, it's just everybody was complicit in allowing Donald Sterling's behavior to just wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. On not only just the organization, but honestly around the league. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Because who, who's to say there were not other Donald Sterlings in the NBA? But I believe there but are. We just, you know, we will never know about to this day. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of things that 30 for 30 cover, a lot of that stuff I already knew about mm-hmm. Donald, Donald Sterling, but it just elevated it to a point where it's just like this guy was a vile, disgusting human being, man. How do you, I? He he leaves me speechless in the way he treated people. Yeah, mainly black people, mainly people of color. There were stories of him um, forgetting. Uh, you know, he he used to have these functions where he's oh, basically yeah. lauding himself because he's trying to fool himself into thinking he's such a good person, and he's giving all these donations, all these charities. Where he's literally forgetting the names of the charities, literally forgetting the names of the people that are over these charities, literally. I'm I'm just I, it's it's astounding the all the stuff he got he got away with man. I have one beef with the ESPN thirty for thirty. I think his wife is just as guilty as he was. I do too. She went back to him. She she's back with him now. Back yeah. with him now. And they they definitely painted her. And they painted her as a victim. As, exactly. And, yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Um, truth comes out. Truth is revealed. The thing about truth, there's never a perfect timing to find the truth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to endure history and time goes on and it emerges. I did this, uh, we did these few segments on a program through the years and just recently, if you look at the history of what has happened to the uh, politics and sports through all the years, going all the way back to Jesse Owens in the Olympics in Berlin to uh, the Jewish track guys that were banned from that, couldn't participate, to uh, race in professional sports, uh, it takes it, it's a travesty what happened. But then what happens is, as certain demographics gain notoriety and more power, they have a stronger voice. And then as the generations change, because you know you credit the NBA player, mm-hmm. Chris Paul and others, that hit the fed up zone. Yeah. And they got fed up with what was happening, and they had no choice what to do with Sterling. Right. But they had to do it. I mean, it's despicable. There's no room for that. But I agree with you. It does exist. It's always going to exist mm-hmm. at a certain level. But it was a fir- one of the strong indicators of the strength of the NBA player gaining momentum. Right. Yeah. Because behind the scenes, they were saying, hey, whoa, no more of this. Right. So that was one step there. And right. then number two, the progressive thinking of, of the new commission. Yeah. So when who he is came only in, three months in. Who's caught a lot of flack for it. And he's ahead of his time because he allows play. People, well, well. But he, but the players still have to stand for the national anthem. Yeah, but he gives them an alternative to display videos at arenas mm-hmm. and events about their cause, and they get engaged in there because he knows. He says, fellas, we got to compromise a little bit. Let's do this, take the heat off our players, but then I'm going to give our players all these avenues to let their voices yeah. be heard 
Whereas the NFL was cutting it off at every pass. Right. Does that make sense? I want I want to speak to that point because this whole Donald Sterling, it was it was almost like the levees were full, so to speak. Yeah, and they broke. And then they broke. Yeah. And then you have no choice but to rebuild what was. Destroyed. And you needed louder voices you, to break it and just kick it and break it down, whereas people wouldn't do it because they saw money train here, and over here we saw a social injustice train. We saw the money train and the social injustice train collide. Yeah. Oops, sorry, Oops. sorry. And and social injustice won out. You can't have that in the NBA. And and, I mean, and you can't have that. And and what's funny is the NBA product never suffered. It never, yeah, <laughs> it, it did. It, it, the product. No one cared about the no, Clippers. No. They stunk. <laughs> what if that? What if that? What if he was the owner of of, of the Lakers? What if he was the owner of, of the Knicks? You know, the, the times have changed, and, and now Latino voices, black voices are louder and have different platforms and mm -hmm. getting a stronger presence, so you can't ignore that voice. In the past, people could, yeah. but now it's, you know, look at our political elections, too. You can't ignore it. There's yeah. a stronger presence. The one, times are changing. One of the things that really stood out to me listening to the uh, 30 for 30 was that when Tim, well, actually two things. Tim Z actually said, hey, well, before we release this, we need to go do our due diligence. Mm -hmm. And that is very surprising to me that they did some sort of background work before they released something. We're talking about TMZ. TMZ. Hey, exactly. But when they actually went to the Clippers and said, hey, we got this recording, the Clippers management sat on it. They they, they tried to keep it, it on the it, it, it just It just speaks to the level of incompetence. They've been you. You can't turn around an incompetent ship overnight. Yeah, they've been incompetent since the beginning. Level yeah. of fear too. Uh oh, how are we going to get free agents here? Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen with our organization. What, I, what's going to happen with sponsorships? They, they what's listened happen? to the video and the response was, "Hey, Doc Rivers, uh, there's this audio recording that's going to come out." It's nothing too serious. It's he not thought it was a sex tape. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which speaks to the atmosphere of, of of the team and 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 like. And then, and then that brings me back to the Ryan Hollis part because I, I, I'm sure you guys, like, some of the stuff he was saying once it broke, Ryan Hollis was going around like, why are y'all mad? Like, we, we knew. The, you like, knew who this we, guy you was. You knew who he was. So, like, why, why are y'all so upset? And I'm listening. I'm like, why are you? Why are, he, he has a point. He has a point. But, and, and I can't put myself in their shoes because this is their livelihood. They're out there playing basketball, trying to provide for their families. But, you know, I couldn't help but to ask myself, like, why is there not more egregious action being taken before now, especially with uh, uh, Blake Griffin? Because when he got drafted, his mom said, hey, look, I Googled your owner and like, look. And, you know, Blake Griffin was a rookie. So, what, 19, 20 years 19, old. 20 so years old. I can't expect Blake Griffin to go and take some sort of social stand. But with the amount of things that he did in his two plus decades there, it's like like there are probably people who spent their entire careers in in the Clippers organization, whether you're a player or management. Different time, different age. And sat there and just dealt with it. And fear. fear. Yeah. Fear mainly. We saw that you saw that with the early stages of the Hornets. You yeah. saw that with the Clippers. You saw it with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. With ownership. Jerry speaking a word. <laughs> you can't run from the, the truth. Yeah. You can't run from the truth. Eventually Things were happening. And, yeah. th and then in this day and age, yeah. where there is so many avenues to get information out mm -hmm. there, you know the question is coming. What took you so damn long yeah. for the solution? 
And yeah. some people, you know, some people look the other way, wink, wink, and yeah. say everything is cool, and, and especially what, when I find out about it, and kaboom, look what happened. And what's being lost in this discussion, we kind of forget that commissioners work for owners. So yeah. there's yeah. probably a level of fear that the commissioner that David Stern had when it came to this too. Now, like, do you think that was fear with Stern, or do you think that was more so um, him just not caring? Because because Stern dropped the ball on quite a few things his time. So do you oh, think he was more so just being buddy buddy? It was like, hey, it's not a problem. Let's leave it alone. Or do you think it was fear in think, his lack of action? I think it was a I think it was a little bit of both, man. Because the thing is, as bad as the Clippers were during that time, they were still profitable. They were still <laughs> they were still in the largest market in LA. You they get failed you, up, and, and they felt they can fail up like the other LA team can. You get what I'm saying? So I think it was it was both it was it was fear on a couple of levels. You get what I'm saying? It's fear because of this PR disaster that was in the works, and then there's fear on on the money side of things. So a little bit of both. I think. And then plus and then, the fear of the climate. Yeah, right. people yeah. afraid what was going to stimulate from it, like the NFL with Kaepernick. You know, the yeah. fear of. What are the repercussions? What's the blowback? What, you know, and that all got fueled and spun out of control, and then fake stories started to be believed. And plus, too, it's a generational thing. Yeah, the, yeah. there's people now; they're more aware, mm -hmm. and they're they're more motivated and in tune to what's happening as far as injustices, mm -hmm. and they have an avenue now to get out those feelings. In the past. People were aware and angry, but they didn't have as many avenues Agreed. to get it out because it was stiff arm or mm. squash. Now you can't do it. No, nobody, so too many ways to get the information nobody, out there. Nobody can edit your Twitter. They yeah, can edit exactly. it out. <laughs> Social <laughs> media is a great equalizer. Right, right. Which could be a great thing and it could be yeah, a bad yeah, thing yeah. because the greatness is it exposes inadequacies and injustices, but the, the bad thing is... It also allows a whole lot of lies to get out yeah. there. Yeah. And then there's the legal issues and all. I'm just glad that uh, that Silver thinks the way he does and said this just can't be tolerated. And then one more thing, what made me upset about the article, is thinking about the whole Stern situation and how he helped spearhead the, uh, the dress code. Right. <laughs> the right. NBA dress code. Yeah. And it's just like, you wanted this dress code so bad against the players. Sterling was doing all this stuff. Generation, yeah. Right. And, 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 then, right. And, then, and, then, and then at the time, he didn't even have a practice facility for his team. Yeah. They were practicing at a junior college in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And you're worried about the way players dress as opposed to this, this flat out, vile, racist, disgusting human being wreaking havoc on the league in the Clippers. But we're worried about the way players look when they come to the arena. Yeah. Hey, man. What, hey, listen. What do I say all the time, y'all? Optics are Man, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got you to look like your clientele. So exactly. That's that's what that's what they wanted. Audience question. Shoot. Does this change or should it change the narrative on Michael Jordan's ownership? <laughs> Jerry, oh, I, in what I, way? I don't understand the question. So. Is this going to be a bring back Adam Morrison question? No, 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 no. I just want the record to show that Vince left this part alone. But go, go, go. Go ahead, guys. I, I was going to avoid this too. I, go I was going to leave this alone. The fact that Donald Sterling did not receive any scrutiny over 20 years of his ownership until the very end, but yet Michael Jordan has received nothing but scrutiny for the Charlotte Hornets ownership in the last eight years. 
Is that fair? What kind of scrutiny? He's a he's a bad owner. Um, he only cares about his money. He doesn't care about paying the players. Um, he doesn't. Prisons. He you doesn't think, care about winning. You think that's a bad rap? I think it's I think it's unfair. The level of scrutiny some that, of that he gets. Some of scrutiny is fair. A yeah, some of, of it is screwed. Some of it is fair. But what is not people, fair? But a lot of people go overboard. I think it's the how level. do they go overboard? He's um, the worst owner ever. Uh, um, uh, he only. He doesn't. He doesn't. He didn't want to pay Kimba Walker because he wanted to keep his money without explaining salary cap implications. Well, and like I, that. and I think the the narrative about Jordan only cares about his money, whereas you have a former NBA owner saying, "Hey, why do I have to pay for socks? Why do I have to pay for uh, tape? Why? Why? Yeah. Why can't they, you know? He didn't even. They didn't even have a practice facility. I don't. I don't. I, is this a Michael Jordan? Or, I mean, Michael Jordan is Sterling. Two different extremes. But I mean, let's say Jordan. We agree. Yeah, we well, actually let, agree no, there. We, agree. we, we actually agree. agree there. We agree. But we're saying it, it, within the fan base. There are some people that will compare Michael Jordan and Donald Sterling. <laughs> what did we just say near the top of the podcast? A 50 yeah, 50 rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but let's look. Where, where is he a good owner? Here's what I sensed. Number one, I'm still recovering from the fact the Panthers didn't have a practice facility. Think about that <laughs> one, okay? Um, Shout out to the new bubble. Is, let, let's look at it. What have they done with the draft? Where is this team? You know, how do you not have fans were having a problem scrutinizing Michael Jordan that I was lucky to see as a high school, college, and pro player mm -hmm. through his whole career because they still were rolling the game tape in their head of the greatest player in the world. Mm. So they couldn't separate the greatest player that ever played to being an owner. And sometimes it, many times, it doesn't transfer yeah, athletic right. skill to management skill. One can't ignore that this organization. Needs to get its game together. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, okay. Evaluating talent, putting a quality product on the court. I would like to see Michael as, a, as an owner have more presence in speaking to the fan base. I, I was agree. disappointed when Kemba Walker said he didn't have an exit conversation with Michael Jordan. Great player to your all-star, at least to display a sense of grace. I questioned it. I still question how serious is the organization about winning big. I think that's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. Who's making the decisions on, on player evaluation, assembling and putting the roster together? Who's making the calls can, on people? Can, can I let me sure. speak, I'm yeah. gonna speak to that point because I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And I think that's a part that's a huge part of the optics when it comes to the fan base. Who is doing what? We need people to speak to us more. This offseason, they were as quiet as they possibly could be. When it came to the Kimba Walker situation, we didn't hear much from Mitch or Michael when it came to this. I knew he was gone. Oh, I said ever, that I when I came back did. to the market. I there was no way he was going to play. But here. The, the point I'm trying to make was, uh, other than just kind of cliche standard, well, you know, we wish Kimba the best, and uh, we didn't, we, we didn't want to hit the luxury tax because it, they, they I, personally, I think they knew they screwed up. They Should did. Have traded they traded him last year. They, they had did. no recourse. They knew they were going to lose him, and they, that, that was a make good. We got a bad thing here. How are we going to spin this thing? That's the way I looked at it. And, and, and then also, that was a blunder. I couldn't believe when he had the value. You didn't try to trade the man. Unbelievable. It, also, with me, it showed a, a lack of basically forecasting what could possibly happen. Like, to me, good front offices, they were like, okay, Kimba's this good. If he makes the all-star team, we're going to pay him this. If he makes all NBA, we're going to pay him this. Can we afford to pay him this? What's the best course to bring him some, some help in? 
And at some point a year and a half ago, you know that you couldn't, you, you know that there wasn't a market for Batum. There wasn't a market for other players that we have. You 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 have to explore trading him. Here here here's what I'm gonna cut you off at, and this is just this is just me. You know, I I don't know this for sure, but I kind of believe they they I I think they believe they could pull off some type of trade for it, between Cody, Marvin, Nick, MKG. They probably believe they could pull off something that would keep Kim Walker in a Charlotte Hornets uniform, and nothing worked out. Well, if and, they looked at it that way. They were ready to jump off the ledge. Well, if that discussion, but after nothing worked out, if that are. discussion took place in a in an office, that just that just further validates how inept the thinking is. So Smart yeah. front offices can see the move, the implications and repercussions of the move, and you got to be able to see the move after the move. Yeah, and they didn't do that, um, and it's blatantly obvious. I don't even think it's a debate. Yeah, and it, where they are, their talent, their—I mean, come on, Adam Morrison. <laughs> then you brought in Dwight yeah, Howard like, to tell me there was like, a relationship with an assistant that's coach. That's like, that's like four and times. Then, he's and, and then and then and then in the game, the way the game is being played, and you look at Gilchrist, who can defend people but can't shoot the ball in today's game, yeah. and then a Nicholas Batum that is being paid out the wazoo, who doesn't get to the rim, who's not your. Up a team scorer rebounder oh, with those oh, dimensions, and oh. this isn't playing out. Now, all of a sudden, the fans are thinking, why can't we just trade them? Well, if you don't see anything you like, how the hell is someone else going to see Wait, something they like? Which leads me to my question. You which, think some general manager, yeah, I'm going to take him, him, and him. Yeah. So with the way that the team has been made up the last two or three years, um, you said earlier that they should have traded Kimba uh, two seasons well, ago. Well, he had he a market had, value last what, year. So none of the teams wanted all those guys you just mentioned. So would you have been willing to give up your only good player for, for what? For match? No, that's what I'm asking. And, and nothing for nothing in return because because what the you Hornets, want to get picks. Because what the Hornets wanted to do, they wanted to get rid of Batum or Williams along with Kimba. And from what we've seen, none of the other teams wanted to do so. So. How would Let you me tell you, when you call trade? when you call a team, I'm going to call you as a general manager and I'm going to see if I can hustle you. Hey, I tell you what, you want Batum? And if you jump on it, I'm in. I know you're going to say no if you got any brains, <laughs> unless I'm going to give you something for the future. I got an all-star guard that can play for anybody in the NBA. He's dying here. He's dying because he didn't pass he didn't pass the trap test. And here's the trap test, okay? I always tell people this. Kemba Walker's on the floor. Mm -hmm. I trap him with two. The ball's got to get out of his hands. Who does it go to that can inflict damage on the defense? Can I speak that? And then the second pass, <laughs> who does that go to? Nobody. Nobody. So Kemba Walker, you're wearing the man out. Mr. Mr. Jerry. Yes, sir. Let me please speak I'm cooking that. here, my brother. Listen, listen. <laughs> the wheels start spinning when, yeah. you, when you said that. Because there was a game that I was at in Charlotte where they played the Philadelphia 76ers and he scored 60 points. <laughs> I swear to God, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. You don't want me to tell you why it was amazing? Why? He got trapped every time down the court and still scored Okay, 60 well then points. take my trap theory, parlay it over 82 games and, and, tell, and, me and, how, it, no. and tell me how the legs and the body I, and the mind are going to fail. And when Kemba Walker goes home. And Kemba's sitting on the sofa, and he's watching the playoffs. He's going, that's got to be me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm never going to yeah. get there. I'm getting yeah. older. I, when am I going to get some of that? When am I going to get that taste? He knew it was done, but I give him all the credit in the world. 
He said the positive things. Mm -hmm. He played company man. He displayed class. He was a perfect gentleman. Behind the scenes, they knew we got to move him. And he knew it. He wasn't going to stay here. You can keep your house in Charlotte and live in Charlotte if you want. He would have been suffocated here. Yeah. That's just the reality of the game. I'm mad at him. I'm happy he's moving along with finding joy. In closing, in closing, what Charlotte should have done was market Batum and add Kemba to market him. You got to find a taker. You got No, no, I didn't say market him. I'm hey, saying you I stop. Got, you got to add like three you first rounders to that. To <laughs> you team. might be able to move them next year when teams. Mm, maybe I, I might take nah, that bad contract. Expired, yeah. I might because then I can get that money off my books. But maybe. you got to take back something. Yeah. That's yeah. probably equally as bad. So you, you just let it run out. Yeah, yeah let it. You which give is, to which is essentially what bad. they did. You guys so. got me all worked up. All right. So we're going to transition to our shout outs. This is a segment where we shout out anything good and bad. Happening in the area, happening in your life. I want to give a shout out to the teachers. Uh, first day of school is tomorrow. God bless you. Uh, we appreciate the educators. We love you. You work hard and you're underpaid. I want to give a shout out to uh, the Charlotte as well as North Carolina hip hop scene. Um, it's it's blossoming right now. I don't want to go on a huge tirade, but being in the military and having uh, traveled for 14 years, uh, I've, I've, I've lived in Texas. I've lived in Hawaii, I've lived in Georgia, I've been overseas, and so I've been um, ingratiated in different forms of music. But the common narrative is, uh, North Carolina, we've always gotten clowned because we mm-hmm. had no hip-hop presence whatsoever. River like a hell Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned Carolina and, and, and that whole spinning like Peter a helicopter mask, and that's all we had. But within the last year, we've had a lot of good music drop. And um, it feels pretty doggone mm-hmm. good. So I just want to give a big shout out to the uh, North Carolina hip hop scene and just say, hey, I appreciate you guys. Right. Um, Rodney, you shouted out, you know, teachers who do, who are just, just so underappreciated, man. They do important work in our community. Mm-hmm. But there's another group of people who are very underappreciated and who do very important work in this community who are never shouted out. I mean, I, I can't even express you know, how valuable these people are to our community. You know who I want to give a shout out to? Who? Those fast food workers at Popeye's. <laughs> when I tell you, <laughs> my, my, my heart goes out to all those fast food workers at Popeye's who had to endure all week who of still people are. <laughs> fighting and standing in line two hours. And, I stood in line an hour and a half yesterday for and, a chicken sandwich. And, di- and, and directing the people who are making those sandwiches. My my heart goes out to y'all, man. Shout out to Popeyes. That damn sandwich can't be that damn good. But shout out to those Popeyes <laughs> workers, good, man. man. Y'all do valuable work in this community, man. Well, first of all, I want to make my contribution to the North Carolina hip-hop scene. Because I'm just a preacher in the chapel trying to bust the devil's tackle. Oh! Oh! Bars! Bars! And number two, Bars. And number two the V-Man ain't waiting no hour and a half for no sandwich. <laughs> and number three, shout out to K. You know who you are, and I'll remind everybody that laughter is the lotion for the sunburns of your life. Bars. Wow. That's it. That's it. Thank you guys for watching. (laughs) Stay tuned for part two. Jerry V is blessing us with his presence. All right. Thanks for having me, y'all.